to them, lend to them without expecting to get anything back, then your reward will be great and you will be the children of the Most High because He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Now, I'm not going to re-preach last Sunday's message. Go online and get that. He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your Father in heaven is merciful. Now, <clears throat> you can't get love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them if you're not merciful. A merciful person is going to do that. A person that's not merciful is not going to lend to their enemies, <clears throat> is not going to do good to, the, to their enemies, not going to love them. So we're to be merciful even as our Father in heaven is merciful. I think I made it pretty clear last Sunday that people that are unredeemed, people that do not know the Lord, that have not said yes to an invitation to know Him, those people live literally under the mercy of God. It's the mercy of God over their lives, not grace. The difference is when we come into and we respond to His mercy, and say, Jesus, save me, Jesus, forgive me, then grace works in our lives. We have access to God's grace, and we can claim that grace, and that grace works in our, our lives. It's, our lives are not only under the mercy of God. So it's the mercy that is the work of God towards the unredeemed. It's the grace that is the work of God in the redeemed or toward the redeemed. Scripture could not be clearer that God is never ready to punish He's ready to pardon. He's never ready to judge. He's ready to forgive. He is described as having a heart that is full of tender mercy. I mean, you got to push God, push God, and push Him some more to get His hand of judgment to come down. He extends mercy, mercy, mercy is renewed toward people every single morning. Do you know the mercy of God is extended to people that are cursing Him in this moment right now? Cursing him, denying his existence, offending him blatantly, and yet his mercy is still extended because he is not willing that any perish and be separated from him for, for eternity. His mercy is extended. Nehemiah is reminding, I wanted to read this verse again. Nehemiah is remembering, re remembering the history of, of the mercy of God bestowed upon Israel. And he says this in Nehemiah 9, 28, but as soon as they, Israel is who he's referring to, were at rest, as soon as God delivered them, they would again do what was evil in your sight. Then you abandoned them to the hand of their enemies so that they ruled over them. And when they cried out to you again, and you know what, that again was too many times to number for Israel. Too many times to even number. But when they would cry out to you again, Nehemiah saying, You, God, heard from heaven, and look at that last phrase, in your compassion, not in your judgment, not in your in your compassion, you delivered them time after time. I am so grateful that God in his compassion has delivered me time after time after time. He's delivered me from my own self, my own rebellion, time after time after time. And I'm sure I'm going to need him to deliver me again. I know how I am. And y'all ain't no different. Remember the prosperity of the wicked is not the grace of God. That is not the blessing of God. It's the mercy of God. 
It's not possible for God to bless the wicked. He does not. He only blesses the righteous. Believe me, and you, and you don't ever want to be at a place. That's why scripture is so strong when it says we are to humble ourselves before the Lord. You don't ever want to be at a place. And unfortunately, I believe, I hate to even have to admit this, I believe America is now in a place where God is humbling us. That's scary, really. When God humbles, humiliation comes. And folks, our country has not been this humiliated in the eyes of the rest of the world in a very long time. God have mercy, and he is having mercy. Out of his mercy, he's humbling America. And it's not pretty right now, but there is a rim. Who would have ever thought that that Roe v. Wade, after a generation, is, is like on the chopping block. It sort of is. The news that I'm reading about it, it sort of is on the chopping block right now. The sanctity of life being restored in this nation. None of us would have ever believed that could be reversed ever. Thank God that states are moving and the Supreme Court has moved recently. And of course, the spirit of Antichrist is raging it's a spirit of death. Don't forget that. Abortion is a spirit of death over this nation and even yet God's mercy. Because again, God, my wife says this often, God reveals to heal. He humbles to heal also. He doesn't humble us to destroy us. He, even if he has to get involved in humbling you he, wants you, to, he wants to restore you. He wants you to repent. He wants you to turn. So I don't ever want to be in a place where forced humility, that's when God has to humble us. And yet I believe our country is in that place and we need to continue to cry out for his mercy to continue to turn this nation back around to him. Jesus said in Matthew 23, 12, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. I believe that's individuals. I believe that could be groups of people. I believe that could be nations that exalt themselves. God's Jesus says they will be humbled. In the same way, 1 Peter 5, 5 and 6, I think I read this last week, but again, in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. Man, that is just something that we've lost in the church in America and around the world where the younger generations are not in submission to the older generation. And that is part of the principle of walking in humility. When I am in submission, you re read, read of the kings of Israel, and when a new king would come on the throne and he would reject the, the counselors of his father, of, his, of the, fa the king father that went before him, or he was really way too young to be king, but maybe his father was murdered. You know, that happened all the time in, in these regimes, even in, in the history of Israel. And he was way too young and did not submit to any of the elders, would dismiss them, sometimes have them all killed, as a matter of fact. We, ha we have lost a lot of authority in the church in America and even in family in the family structure in America when the younger generation is not submitting themselves to those that have gone before. Again, that's a whole other sermon. I just gave you the title right there. All of you, First uh, Peter goes on to say, clothe yourselves. Wow. You know what that says to me? That without humility, you are naked and exposed before God. Clothe yourselves 
with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves. Don't be in a place where God has to do it. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. And I think of the story of the prodigal sons. I mean, there were two. They were both prodigals. Prodigal in the house, prodigal that left the house. You can be in the house and still be a prodigal. Oh, nobody wants to say amen to that, but it's true. God did have to humble the one that left. God had to get involved in humbling him and humiliate him. He's in a pig pen. But what? What did that humiliation do in that story? It redeemed the son. He came to himself. And he was restored to the father's house, restored to relationship with him. When I'm wronged, I humble myself. When I'm right, that goes both ways. I humble myself. When I'm falsely accused, I humble myself. When I'm rejected, I humble myself. When I'm upset, oh please, humble yourself. When I'm sinned against, I humble myself. When I'm attacked, I humble myself and watch God defend me. When I disagree with my parents, I humble myself. You know I still disagree with my dad sometimes. He'll be 90 in two months. We're having a, well, we can't be too big, but we're going to have something really special for him in November. God restored my parents and brought them through COVID. My mother almost died, and God reached down and restored them and restored their health, and we're still rejoicing that they survived that. When I disagree with anyone in authority over me, I humble myself, at least I'm supposed to, whether I'm in abundance or in need. I humble myself under the mighty hand of God because when I do, he says he will lift me up in my time, in due time. He determines the time. Church, let's clothe ourselves in humility without which we are exposed, naked and vulnerable. Clothe ourselves with humility towards one another. And please especially do that before you tweet, tag, post something. Put on your garments of humility first. It'll change what you say, I'm sure. And folks, whatever you do, don't, conf don't confuse humility with weakness. Humility is not weakness. As a matter of fact, I think I said this last Sunday, anybody and everybody gives people what they deserve. You don't need any power. There's no power involved in that. Most people give out what, to others what they deserve, where we need the power of the Spirit is to give people what they don't deserve. Instead of giving them what they deserve, we give them mercy. Instead of giving them what we, they deserve, we show them, we give them love, and we reach out to bless them even though they're cursing us. We need the power of the Spirit, all right, to show mercy to those that deserve judgment. When you do, Jesus said, you'll be, you'll be insulted, you'll be persecuted, you'll be hated, you'll be excluded. You know, we're not in, we're not in a time, don't, don't misunderstand me. We're, please don't misunderstand me that, well, because of humility, I'm going to humble myself. And thus, because I'm going to humble myself, I'm not going to really, you know, tell them the truth. Because, I, you know, I, I'm going to humble myself. And I just, I, I want to make them feel better. You know what that is? False humility. 
false humility is a dangerous thing and it doesn't come from heaven either. No, we speak boldly, but we speak in love. We speak the truth, but we speak the truth in love. We don't speak the truth angrily. You can speak the truth uh, uh, arrogantly. No, we sp- or religiously. No, we speak the truth with humility and in love. But by all means, in this time where lies are the are the like the fodder of the day, if you will, speak the truth in love. People, it's the truth that sets people free. It's the truth that sets them free. And when you do, yeah, you'll be misunderstood, rejected, persecuted, whatever. But Jesus said, you know what? When people reject you, persecute you, accuse you, exclude you, cut you off, rejoice. For great shall be your reward. Hallelujah. I think, the, I think that's the, the scripture I'm referring to, I, don't, I didn't put the chapter in verse, but I think it says you can rejoice and it says leap for joy. Now, we don't see that often in scripture where the Bible talks about expressing such a praise that we leap for joy. I'm reminded of the, of the, of the lame man at the gate, beautiful, when Peter and John, fresh out of that upper room, came walking by to worship in the temple and he was there at the temple gate the lame man, and Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. See, I memorized that in the King's English. There's just something about quoting that in the King's English, King James, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the Bible says, he didn't just rise up and say thank you and walk along. It says he rose up and went walking and leaping and praising God. There's something so pure when we are willing to be reduced to a child, if you will, and act like a little child and be leaping and jumping and praising God. Such Such a supernatural experience that man had where the only kind of praise appropriate was just leaping and jumping before the Lord. Fifteen years ago, Acts 2 Worship Center bought a piece of property. I don't talk much about it. It became a heavy burden for 15 years. We believed because we were in a real estate boom 15 years ago. Membership with one voice. We said, let's do it. Let's get the property. Not making more land. Let's make an investment. And we redirected construction funds into buying a nine-acre piece of property. Uh, There's some of you in this room don't even know that because it isn't talked about much. Uh, I could go on and on and on as to how what should have been something to celebrate became a burden and a point of just the devil in my face for 15 years, I'm not exaggerating, in my face for 15 years mocking me, mocking God. Oh, God provide? Year, two, three, four, four. I'm not talking about two or three years we were trying to sell this property. 15 years. It's been for sale. 
A lot has happened in the county. A lot has happened in this community. After Acts 2 Worship Center bought that property, in, in, in the uh, pre-conversation, we had a deal with the United States Post Office. We, we bought the property. They were, gonna, they were ready to turn around uh, like within a year and buy it from us. We were already in negotiations to flip it as those of you, if you, you, know, you, you know anything about real estate, some of you do. Some people buy thing, properties and they call it flipping it and you make a profit. <coughs> That's what we believed was going to happen. And you know what? I am grateful for God's redemption he even redeems a mistake. I've had to come to terms a long time ago. Well, I guess that was a mistake. As a pastor, I made a terrible mistake. We, the membership, because that was a vote of the membership. We, did, we made a mistake. It was a mistake. I, I was trying to, you know, be comforted. <laughs> and so, okay, I admit a mistake. We made a mistake. But you know what? God will redeem even a mistake when you bring it to him and lay it down at his feet we had a deal with the post office within just a matter of months of us acquiring the property they had surveyed it we had done an appraisal they were ready to give us full appraised value which i don't even want to mention what it was then 15 years ago all of a sudden we get word that loxahatchee is going to incorporate, literally shut everything down. They shut it all down. No, we're not buying, we're not approving any selling of any property. We're an incorporation, we're at the state. We've got to get this and we're incorporating to become our own town. They shut the whole thing down. Uh, we tried to keep that alive. A precious Christian man that was... Um, some officer in the United States Postal Service and finally had to come to me and say, Pastor Calvin, I'm sorry, you know, but this year, budget year ended on blank. The money's gone. If we don't spend it, you know, the way federal budgeting works, it's gone. Lost the deal. The more uh, incorporated Loxahatchee Groves became, the more negative they became for any property on Okeechobee Boulevard between us pretty much Folsom Road yeah you come here by come this way to church all the time you know why that property prime corner on Folsom Road right there prime because Loxahatchee Groves will not allow it to be developed they will not allow it prime corner there sitting there for sale because Loxahatchee decided there would be no commercial development along this stretch of Okeechobee Boulevard. The government, in other words, stood in our way. What do you do? I trusted God. What am I going to do? I decided I wasn't going to get upset, and for a long time I was upset. I said, Lord, I release this to you. I'm not going to wallow in what could have, should have, would have. I'm not wallowing in that. I'm trusting this to you, Father. And I'm going to tell you something. As a pastor... I'm standing here before you to tell you I can relate. If some of you have been carrying a burden for five years or 10 years or 15 years.
There was never a moment that the weight of that property did not weigh upon my heart for 15 years, helpless, with nothing we can do. There's nothing I could do, nothing. I had come to understand the philosophy of the town. I knew there was nothing I could do but give it to the Lord. And you know, uh, uh, how many of you know what it is to have the, a burden on you but at the same time be filled with the peace of God. The burden's there. It didn't go away, but I chose peace over feeling the weight and the oppressive oppression of that burden. We had a contract four years ago from a church going to give us full asking price under contract. I was counting the money, making plans, think capital things that we needed to do around here. Every, well, maybe not every, most real estate contracts have a retention, recension, I should say, a recension clause. Uh, either party can rescind or basically cancel the contract within 30 days. I'm tired. It was day 28 or 29, and the pastor called me. I was so, I'm so sorry. I'm so embarrassed, Pastor Calvin. I don't know what to say. We, we can't move forward with this. We're, people are upset. They, we, they don't agree. The members don't agree, and then this and then that, and we can't do it. I'm so sorry, so sorry. We lost that whole, whole deal selling it to a church. That was four years ago. I'm just like, you know what? I've been at peace all this time. I'm not going to lose my peace now. And I decided to stay in peace and trust it to God. Back in April, I got a call from our realtor. Pastor Calvin, we have a contract. Now, I had uh, the, a lot of you know. Some of you don't, again, because I don't talk about it all the time. Most of our, all of our members knew about the property. Some of you that are hearing about this for the first time, we didn't talk about it a lot. It wasn't anything positive to celebrate. Honestly, it wasn't. It was a burden. We had been praying. Pastors I knew were praying. Pastors that I'm close to because I knew the people praying. Many of you have been praying, and you know that, that know, that know the story, continuing to believe God. And I had received a prophetic word probably around last December or this January through one of the pastors that I'm, that are, that's dear to me. Calvin, I just I, I hear the Lord saying you're gonna you're gonna sell that property and it's going to be a cash offer. And I my spirit grabbed that. I said yes and amen. But again I didn't let myself go crazy with that. I'm like it's been 14, 15 years. I, but I receive it. I didn't shout about it, but I received it. And we got got the call from the realtor in in April. Well, no, I'm sorry, March was the original contract. I'm not going to give you all the details. That's not involved. But the original contract with a cash offer. A cash offer. And I'm not exaggerating. Then literally all hell broke loose against this contract. 
I could go on for an hour, and I'm not going to do that. We have another service we have to start getting ready for. But I wanted to take time to help us understand the miracles. We had a contract in March closing in April. Uh, sometime in April, it's discovered that there's an error in the legal description of that piece of property. An error in the legal description. So I'm, uh, I'm unaware. Uh, I'm like, okay, well, there's a title agent involved. There's a realtor involved. You all, you know, work it out. We have a title insurance policy. Yeah, that should cover whatever error is, the legal description. Well, in our title policy, said that property was 8.5 acres, 8.5 acres. It's literally 8.85 acres. There's a 3.35 acre of phantom land, strip of phantom land over there that literally shut the whole thing down. Three title agencies later, and our attorney, last Friday a week ago, the close, I'm telling you, I, this is the situation. We bought the property from a trust. I got to give you this one detail. When I said all hell broke loose, it literally all hell broke loose to prevent it. The devil was raging because he, he had laughed at me for 15 years. You'll never sell it. Look what Loxahatchee continues to do. You'll never sell it. I mean, what they're trying to take the community backward. The speed limit went from 45 down to 30. And I kid you not, it was in the local paper. They want to take it to 25 now. I'm not kidding you. This is the mentality of the local government we have here. It's like, oh God, I, oh, the devil's just laughing. It was, we bought it from a trust. Two people were the, were the trustees of that trust. We've got to find these two trustees. We've got to do a corrective deed, corrective documents, get them to sign. I, I didn't, I was not, I, I finally, after three months, March to April to May to June to Ju July, I said, you know what, uh, I, I stepped into the situation. I was trying to let them all handle it. I said, I've got to step in now. I'm bringing our attorney into this. We've got to get this whole thing settled. I just kept getting a bunch of excuses. And so I got our attorney involved, and he began to move some things. So it's like, we know what we need to do, Pastor Calvin. He said, okay, uh, I've reached out to the one trustee. We've set it up for him to sign the corrective document. He says, I'll let you know. He calls me, the attorney calls me. He goes, Calvin, you're not going to believe this, but so-and-so is in the hospital <laughs> with a health crisis. We don't really know what it is. I'm, at this point, I'm almost laughing. I'm like, I'm, I'm not, okay, he's in the hospital. There's another two-week delay. Got that trustee, got the other trustee, got him signed. Well, we get it over to the buyer now. And the buyers, thank God. You know, the biggest miracle in this is that all of this did not scare our buyer away. That's the biggest part of this miracle story. Because I'm like, they're going to back out any day. They're going, you don't even know what you're doing, what your property, your legal description. How did you buy it like that? How did you even own it then? You don't even, you, your deed says eight and a half, and it's really 8.85. You don't even own it all. How can you even sell it then? You don't really even own it. I mean, everything was being questioned. And I said, I'm just trusting God. I'm standing. This is going to happen by God's hand. He's certainly going to get all the glory. We're going to all be able to laugh at the, the, the I mean, just the, 
the, the effort, the fervor of the enemy still trying to stop this. Because first of all, God decided now's the time. I'm going to release them from the burden of that property. And the devil's like, oh yeah, no you're not. And he just came after it in every way he possibly could. Okay, we've got it. All right, we've got the trustees. He got out of the hospital. He's, he's, as a matter of fact, the attorney called me. He says, Calvin, guess who's standing in front of me? And he named that trustee that had been in the hospital. I said, hallelujah. Thank God he's a believer too. I said, thank God. We're, we're closer than ever. Okay, another week goes by. I'm, I'm like, come on. We're, you know, nothing's happening. He calls me and says, uh, well, we just found out that now the buyer is on vacation. <laughs> I just, I was like. I'm having to just laugh. I'm like, okay, what? I'm not, what else? I don't, what else? What else? Then we got the call. It's time to close. We've signed everything. The sale was funded into our account. And we give God the glory. And I don't know, I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like the man that every Sunday the man would jump and shout and, dis, and, 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 and people were distracted by it and the pastor let it go and he let it go and he let it go and finally one day he was like, I'm going to have to go visit this member and just tell him he's going to have to tone it down. He's going to have to just sort of calm down a little bit. So he went to the man's house and he was out in the field plowing with his horse you know, in his garden and, and the pastor approached him in the field and he's got the reins in his hand and he says, sir, you know, whatever his name was, let's say it was Joe, John, whatever. He said, I just have to talk to you about something. This is uncomfortable, but, you know, the way you're praising, you know, jumping up and down and praising God so loud. And so he said, it's just you're distracting other people, and I just, I let it go. I thought you would calm down. He said, Pastor, I'm so sorry. He said, but when I think about God and what he's done in my life, and how he healed my wife of that fever, and how he blesses my crops and multiplies them every year. He said, when I think about his faith, he said, excuse me, pastor, hold my horse. And he said, the man began to shout, and right there in the field, God is good all the time. Hallelujah. God is good. And my friend, if you understood I mean, you be, 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 don't be surprised if I get on the, you know, we used to be called holy rollers. Some of y'all old enough to know why? People would roll. They'd get in the floor and just roll. Uh, it's so excited to be in the presence of God and at the faithfulness of God. I'm containing myself. I know everybody can't relate directly to what I'm saying, but trust me, this is a big miracle in a history of our church. The burden has been lifted. Hallelujah. It's been lifted. Sharabaha. Shandarabosa. How somebody get a hold of that for the miracle that you need? God is always right on time. Hang on. Don't lose hope. Humble yourself and he will deliver you in his great compassion. Hallelujah. 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 Ha Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Shut up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Jesus, help us. Thank you, Father. Now I ask you all, this is your part, and it's very important. God, give us victory. We have a roof that's 35 plus years old. And God has kept it. I can't say anything else but that. You do not get 35 years out of any kind of roof. Not even metal. We have some capital improvements that need to happen that we now can do. Pray. Please pray that we have wisdom with what needs to happen priority of what needs to happen <clears throat> and you say pastor see this is going out online so uh, we've been waiting we've been waiting you didn't tell us how much i'm not going to tell you how much on the internet uh, members members if you want to know obviously we're also going to be sending out uh, more detail in a letter to the membership that's a right of membership that is a right of membership that you will know more details but i don't want to speak of it like this we will be sending it out in a letter very soon. I have a meeting today with our entire elder board so that we can begin to work through some very important decisions that we need to make concerning these funds. So let's stand together. How do I close? How do we close? We just close giving God praise. Thank you, Lord. All glory is yours. <clears throat> we bless you and honor you and worship you. Lord, again, we're calling this a day of miracles, a day of miracles for your people. And we're giving you the glory and the praise and the honor. So we leave out of here with a shout. We leave out of here with praise. We leave out of here thanking you and rejoicing in your faithfulness, in your compassion. You've delivered us yet again. Hallelujah. Yet again. <clears throat> and we thank you, Lord, today. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. So church, God bless you. Leave out of here in victory. Yours is next. Your miracle is next. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.